and can we add to the policy like why is it top secret why is it top secret like i just need to know what do i need to like i want to go into Crack the code i do too so I'm hoping we can, <laughs> that's the work, right? And then there's some questions we don't know to ask, which is again, why we gotta have the folks that are on the ground and even the CDFIs at the table and the banks at the table, like, come on, tell us what we don't know so that we ask the right <laughs> questions. Because then exactly. they'll say, well, it's government regulation. That's where I come in, right? Exactly. That's, that is where it. we need to make a policy recommendation. The playing field becomes leveled or at least right. more that's equitable it. when we know what they are, meaning the lender requirement. Mm -hmm. And then, when we know what they are, are they actually fair? Bingo. We <laughs> could we could end the podcast. Right. <laughs> drop the mic. Let's drop the mic. That, that is the goal. Between May 2020 and December 2021. I have secured $8,121,009.35 in legitimate funding for Black and minority-owned businesses. My name is Taliba Bales, and I'm the host of the Black and Bankable podcast. Effective immediately, I am coming for more for the community. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Black and Bankable podcast. And today I have Tanae Dolphin. She is the executive director of the National Women's Business Council, and we're ready to hop right into it. I promise you this episode 100% is going to have as many gems as all of our other episodes. So I hope that you're ready. You can even take out pen and paper, whatever you need to do save it, like it, share it. I want you to do all of it because we're ready to get started. All right, y'all. So this is a personal treat for me to, and an honor to have Tanae with us because you'll see exactly what angle and why this is so special and why I want you to share it. Tanae, please share with us What's the National Women's Business Council? Um, well, first of all, thank you so much for that introduction. You know, I am honored and happy and excited to be here. The work that you do is so incredibly important. Um, and so, like you said, it's an honor for you. It's an honor for me. Thank um, you. You're welcome. Um, so I'm the executive director of the National Women's Business Council. It is one of about a thousand federal advisory councils uh, that uh, exist in the federal government. This one in particular is housed at the SBA, and it is purposed to advise the president, the SBA administrator, and Congress on issues that pertain to women business enterprise. Um, it is led by a 15-member, all-volunteer, all-women-based uh, council, um, uh, ranging from business owners to, to folks who uh, head women's business organizations. Uh, and throughout the year, we hold public meetings, roundtables, various conversations, subcommittee meetings, you name it. We conduct a host of research and then work with other stakeholders to really understand the barrier, the issues, and then the solutions mm. to support women business enterprise. And so at the end of the year, we culminate all of this work in an annual report. Um, the council right now is divided into three subcommittees. It's Access to Capital and Opportunity, which has been a subcommittee that will last until the end of time, right? Yeah. Um, we have another subcommittee, which is Women in STEM. Uh, and then our third subcommittee is Women in Rural Entrepreneurship, which 
really looks at the underserved ecosystem. So a lot of what we do, even in that subcommittee, can apply um, outside of rural areas. We recently released our 2022 report. I'm probably going to say that throughout this, this podcast, but the, the council uh, and the team worked really, really hard uh, to come through so many issues and so many things um, to, to really then put forth a thoughtful set of policy recommendations that we hope um, move the needle. I will say that NWBC was um, established in 1988. So it's it's only about 34 years old. And it was established with HR 5050. And the reason why I like to talk about HR 5050 is it not only established the NWBC, the National Women's Business Council, but it also removed the requirement for women to have a male co-signer. Mm, Again, yeah. let's say this, in 1988, yeah. Yeah, I don't know yes. about how old everybody else was. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was here. <laughs> it seems like just yesterday that yeah. a woman business owner would have not been able to go to the bank to sign mm. for her loan. Yes. She would have had to bring a man. Yeah. Um, and so in 1988, we removed that requirement. We established uh, NWBC and we also established the Women's Business Centers, which I'll talk a little bit more about later. But but all of those things happened with HR 5050. And so right now, part of what we're thinking is what is the next HR 5050? Mm -hmm. uh, we held a conversation last year when someone spoke it. I held on to it because I really do think while the, the council has done some remarkable work over the last 34 years, right? Mm -hmm. What's the next big thing? And so I really want to also invite you and your listeners um, to help us think about what the next HR 5050 is. That's amazing. You know, Tanae, we've known each other for years and you have been in this space. When I when I see how your face lights up and and I can see the passion exude through the screen because I, I know you personally, you've been in this space, um, the small business entrepreneurship space, serving the small business community for years. Um, how has your, your passion and your commitment to the small business community led you to serve right now as the executive director of NWBC? You know, it, God makes no mistakes. And so it's really right. interesting because, you know, you could not have told me this is where I would be years ago. But, you know, even in high school, I was um, exposed to and introduced to the world of entrepreneurship, right? Um, and really sort of developed not just an understanding, but like, I just marvel at entrepreneurs. I mean, it takes bravery at the very least. But then um, I think I also honed a spirit of service, right? In, in college, part of my sorority, you know, led our community service uh, programs. And so I think when you put the two together, right, you begin to become service or public service oriented. And so, you know, I was a teacher for a number of years and then I worked for an 8A firm. Most people don't know that I worked for an 8A firm and I was the operations manager and I think if you've ever had an operations manager, you know, that person knows everything. So yes. I did the books, I did the payroll, I did some <laughs> of the contracting, I did the right. billing, right. I, I found the office space, I put our HR policies in place. And so all of those things that really helped to make a small business move. And we were a government contractor, which again, really connects to the work that I'm doing right now. That yeah. experience I didn't know it then, but is really, you know, educating me and spurring me along right now. I was fortunate enough to to then work in local government and then federal government, eight years over at the Department of Commerce, six of those years at the EDA, at the Economic Development Administration. And then when I came back to local government, both in D.C. 
and in Birmingham, um, I found my 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 zone, right? Yeah. Like I've been doing a lot of, of work with the community and with and with government and understanding policy and working alongside policymakers. But when I reconnected my spirit and love for um, and admiration for entrepreneurs, understanding who they are, they are creators, they are super brave, and what they provide the community is probably undervalued and, and, and not recognized and lifted up enough, right? And so whatever I can do, right, um, to fuel that community, I'm honored to do. I had a short stint back outside of uh, outside of, of government, and all I kept talking about was policy. You know, every time somebody would say something, I was like, "So, what kind of policy change could that be?" And I, they were looking at me like I was crazy because they were like, "But we don't do policy." And so, when this opportunity came along, I have to say it's probably my dream job, right? When I get right. to then support small businesses, women-owned businesses with policy recommendations, I didn't think I was a policy person, but when you understand the value of what policy does, right? So I'm, I'm most people, you know, they only know government when it doesn't work. Like, mm, right? Yes, I mean, yes. it's working, right? That means there's a policy, there's a program that right. was introduced at some point, right? right. That right. created that. And so how do we uh, improve policy or introduce policy that hasn't been introduced that's going to improve government services, delivery programs, um, and in our case, support women-owned businesses. So you know, it's my dream job, and I'm excited. And and you do it do it so well. And and I know that listeners and viewers can see. You know, hey, this 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 is a person who gets it, right? You you, you so. get not only being a small business owner, have worked with small business owners, but where I've personally observed, uh, particularly um, here in Birmingham, uh, with the small business council that I was on at the time, is the policy strength. And I want to pin that. Because that I immediately keywords came in my mind was civic duty, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's something that that constantly comes up for for our audience and for small business owners mm -hmm. is the civic duty. Just like you said, we know when things aren't right, right? We all know when when things hit the news and mm -hmm. and government gets it wrong. But but this is this is why exactly it's so priceless for you to be on the show today, because we're immediately challenging our listeners mm -hmm. to take advantage of the opportunity to connect mm -hmm. with a policymaker. Definitely. Because it is a civic duty on top of us running our businesses and all the things that we do on a day in day out basis mm -hmm. if we don't connect and activate that civic duty that advocacy that we're 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 on the front lines we we know those things that would be extremely helpful to NWBC for us to share and connect so that when policy is being made and shared with the Biden administration and Congress and the SBA administrator it is of value it and really that is. is why Tanae Dolphin is on this show today, because not only does she get it, not only does she thrive in creating policy and years of experience in creating policy, but she's so transparent in team building and bringing, bringing in everyone because she gets the importance of that policy. So I'll go to, to our next thing that, that I want to talk about. 
in all of your experience, what would you say to women business owners who may be currently experiencing challenges, you know, or barriers in their business? I know that NWBC addresses access to capital. So what would you say in that area um, NWBC is, is working on to those women business owners? Thank you. Well, first, I, I also want to um, connect to something that you, you just said um, in your previous comment, which is bringing those voices to the table. One of the reasons why, again, this, this fuels me so much is that as policymakers, as folks who work in government, we could have the best intentions. But if we mm -hmm. don't have our finger on the pulse and understand mm -hmm. it from the people who are in it day to day, right. then even our good intentions can miss the mark, right? So right. that is why federal advisory councils were created. That is why even this one is so important. That's why the Small Business Council in Birmingham, all of those entities, when we bring the experts to the table, right? And connect mm -hmm. them to the policymakers, then you could really get something that can, can be transformational. Absolutely. Um, and in terms of your question, one of the things I would, would share, of course, and this one sounds hard because you hear it all the time, it's hold on and keep going. Mm, yes. Again, I, I started the conversation talking about how brave entrepreneurs are, but we know that entrepreneurs and in particular women and then women of color. Yes. You got to be made of steel, right? That's right. <laughs> push through doors that are always closed, push through through uh, responses that are no more often than not. And so one is to hold on. But then let's, we held a, um, a round table last year. It was really important for us to really dig into some of these, these issues and like really remove the blanket off and, and uncover everything. Yeah. Right? And we had a number of folks in that conversation, but a lot of what we heard is one thing was this, make sure that you're going after the right capital. So often we get discouraged, but are we going after the right type of capital? Okay. We can't go after VC funding if our business is not a VC funded kind of business. And VC okay. we know is is scalable. It's 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 usually tech. It's a few other things. But really understand the type of funding that is best for you, so that you're not getting no's because it's not a good fit. It's not a good fit. It's not. Yeah. A good fit. So you and shouldn't be in venture capital. Right. If that is not a fit for you. Absolutely. Venture That's capital true. is most likely not supporting restaurants and salons and those things. Right. And all of those businesses are amazing, but not mm -hmm. fit for VC mm -hmm. funding. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, what the other thing that that became, you know, what it's always been apparent, but that, of course, we we discussed is, you know, there are a number of banks who who don't lend, right? And, and again, that's when you get that no. But we've talked to a number of business owners and you got to keep going. You got to go to another that's bank. Right. I know that's your home bank. I know that's who you've been with for a minute. Okay. Yeah. If they told you no, and if you got a relationship with them and they told you no, right. maybe you keep your personal stuff there, but you got to take your, your, your packet. And this is where I love Taliba because you have to then refine your packet yeah. Make it stronger and go to the next bank. And I have known a yeah. number of folks who might have been uh, told no two or three times, but they finally found a bank that was going to support them. But the Absolutely. other thing that we need to have, you know, make sure is that, you know, they don't have the high interest rates or higher than normal, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Or that they're not unfairly, you know, sort of penalizing you for really being a Black woman, right? That's right. That's right. Um, or not having your stuff together. Right. So, I mean, that's another thing under access to capital that we've seen um, is the predatory lending uh, and, and sort of that unfair systematic structure that has popped up 
And it's not all of a sudden because it's always been around, but it feels like it's it's you're you know, as I always talk about you're you're getting the robocalls. I probably get three or four text messages a day, the emails. I mean, you know, people are like, you know, we we could give you this amount of money, and then you you go down that rabbit hole and the interest rate is ridiculous. And And it's everywhere. So what they did though is that between you know the 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 locations of predatory loan lending, and now they don't probably even have to have a storefront to Mm. your point, they could just call you, they can email email you, they can yes. put it in the you know in the atmosphere. And it really and predatory is just that, right? So they're seeking you out. They're finding you, which really should be the red flag. Right. It right. Flag. Exactly. It is not a CDFI or a, mm. a bank. You know, there are just so many reasons because those interest rates, you will never get out of the hole. And if you know yes. anything about you know being financially solvent is that that hole can go deeper or you can get from under it so that you can grow. Well, and, and, and Tanae, this is what I like to say, because we know in dealing with, with, with the real, right? Dealing with the real. Now, it could be that that be your option. But what I like to say is when you don't go into, and this is any money, mm-hmm. when you don't go into the money with a strategy, we mm-hmm. can talk about access to capital all day. Tanae has identified knowing the types, like is the type of funding you're going after the right fit for you. Then we're talking about, you know, well, what is, where is it coming from? But, but let's back up. Yeah. Because where we actually need to make sure, you know, is in anyone's money that you're asking for and going into, we have to have a strategy to get out of. Right. You need that loan. And that's even great. Any money that you're asking for, any capital injection that you are seeking and that you get for your business, you want to have a strategy in place to effectively use that money. And and I even say this. If you have a blazing fire. That's mm-hmm. going on. Because let's keep it real. Some of us it's after Christmas time. I know I'm dating this episode, but hey, we <laughs> insert month. That checking account may be on fire at the moment. It's on fire. Don't nobody call me about nothing because I'm not doing nothing right now. <laughs> exactly. And so what I want to say I have is, a plan. You know, even when even when you have a blazing fire going on, you got to know what the you got to know the strategy. So I, yeah. I want. I'm sorry today. I had to put that in there because I think that's where we also miss the mark. Like yeah. we can say that there's limited access to capital, there's predatory lending, there's all of those things. But I also challenge us, uh, especially those of us in the space of advising business owners and doing the technical service of taxes and accounting and bookkeeping to add that advisory level there and say to your clients, okay, what's your, you need the money. What are we going to be doing with it? Immediately once it's deposited into your account. Ooh, so- (laughs) In case folks don't know, <laughs> the reason why whatever Taliba wants from me, she gets from me because she too is so passionate um, about this. And, um, it, you know, the, the services, the knowledge, the experience uh, and the passion that you bring to that is critical. Um, and what you just said was powerful. And so thank, thank you. you. <laughs> no, thank you. I, you know, y'all know that I love this. Y'all know that it. this is because this is where lives change. Mm-hmm. We don't want to operate under the assumption that you know, mm-hmm. right? Because when you operate under that assumption, and that's one of the things, that's a barrier. That's that right. That is a barrier for small business owners. And for those, like those that connect 
the policymakers, the lawmakers, the staff. I served on, on Capitol Hill as well. But but the disconnect, and this is why having Tanae on the show today and, and connecting you with NWBC is crucial. And we've said it, but I'm going to say it a different, different way so you can hear it again. The disconnect has always been those policymakers and the experts. And then like, I'm telling you, like I get all the time from folks in DC. Well, why is this not working? Well, why? What, what? Because, you know, you have to, you, if it's not working, say it A, say it B, say it D, say it E, find other ways to share this information with people and don't assume that we know. That's right. That's why the Black and Bikeable podcast is here, because we you can't assume that business owners know this type of stuff. The information and the policy and the programs are only as good as, you know, the folks that connect to them. And, and so you're right. There's a ton of resources I find often that are untapped or unknown because we, we haven't the community doesn't know. The community doesn't know community for whatever reason. So many reasons why. So many reasons why. <laughs> and, it, but, and you know, it be, we always knew it, but we know that it also mm-hmm. became so loud that you couldn't even stand it during the pandemic. It did. When, when, when the walls came tumbling down and folks ran mm-hmm. to get, whether it be PPP or EIDL, mm-hmm. those that were not connected, right, mm-hmm. didn't have the information, didn't have the relationships, were left out of that first tranche yes. of funding, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and what that has to say is that while, again, that has always been an issue and we knew it, it is it is critically important, right? And and it's not equitable, right? Mm-hmm. If everybody doesn't have access to the same information and the same relationships, uh, so regardless of whether it's a disaster or not, mm-hmm. right, they can obtain what they need, the support that they need, especially from the government. Absolutely. So with that said, you guys just released your annual report. And I want people to know that NWBC is an advisory organization directly to the Biden administration, to Congress, to the SBA administrator. So I'm telling you, like, I'm a nerdy nerd and I love reading, but I want, and and you know what, we may have Tanae back on, we may do a breakdown of the annual report, whatever we need to do. But right now I want to give a little, like some of the highlights, some of the major takeaways of the annual report that you want us to lock into and 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 assist with making them louder and stronger. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, again, the, the council works extremely hard. I Sometimes I feel guilty calling them in for meetings and, and, <laughs> and questions and more information and more meetings. And they're like, I got full-time jobs. I mean, these are <laughs> entrepreneurs that we've tapped. These are CEOs of organizations that we've tapped. But, you know, they've worked extremely hard to share their experience and knowledge and information to these policy recommendations. We have about 29 policy recommendations. And in the report, we have uh, the 29 policy recommendations. We also talk about notable legislation um, okay. that may connect or be relevant to, to women business owners. And then we have resources. We also even have a data section that talks about VC funding as well as just the state of women business owners. And so all of this, we, we hope that this report is just a resource for women and, and policymakers alike. But out of that 29 policy recommendations, I am going to really talk about a few. We boy 
Layla down from their subcommittees, and I'll talk about the three, about three of them from access to capital. Uh, and one of our focus areas, we said fund, expand, and tailor federal financial capability resources for women small business owners. Okay. And the recommendation, you're gonna love this, Taliba, is Congress <laughs> and or SBA should provide dedicated financial literacy and capability funding to resource partners for the benefit of yeah. women small business owners so that they are better informed and empowered to skill up on maximizing cash flow to support operations. Mm -hmm. For example, financial businesses capability grants would at a minimum focus on cash flow management, creating a business plan, hiring a new employee, succession planning, right? Yes. We never talk about succession planning enough. Yes. Yes. And so, you know, particularly women of color have expressed some concerns or even frustration over, you know, receiving redundant training, but yeah, yeah, yeah isn't yeah. connected to, you know, to this financial literacy piece. And so right. decoupling, you know, you can't get a grant or you can't get a loan, but yeah. still providing very focused training, we, we think could be very beneficial. I think that hits it right on right on the mark. Um, and, and I want to insert, of course, I'm biased, right? <laughs> because I am definitely, you know, one of these resource partners out here that's, that's going to go and go and go whether I have funding or not. But but I but I want to stress to folks how important that is, because I do hear this sort of like, you know, the overwhelming of the, the financial literacy. Right. And, mm -hmm. and I know that some people are going to say, Look, I've been to five accelerators. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, well, we, and know. Right. we know that that you maybe they kept getting the same two pieces of the, the financial course. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there is so much more to that financial literacy story. Yes. And yes. having it tailored for you. Right. Right. For women. Right. 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 And so and so to that point. It's the same. It's the same push on recommendation that Tanae spoke of earlier when it comes to if you get a no, repackage, go somewhere else. The same thing with the financial literacy. And I'll even tell you it's a mindset, really. Financial literacy is such a mindset yeah. uh, because, you know, I could hear the same sentence today and it land and register with me so much different than what it may be tomorrow. Yeah. So I say if you've been in an accelerator before and you still, you know, maybe you felt like you weren't served properly, whatever, find another one, yeah. find another one, because right now it is a great time to be a business owner. Like, mm -hmm. and it's a, certainly a great time to be a woman business owner and a business owner of color because federal resources, we have a whole annual report dedicated to what we're trying to do, y'all. You know <laughs> what I mean? A whole annual report whole dedicated annual report. to trying to help the role and the community of being a small business owner. But you know what? Look, I hey, we can have we could go on and on. Let's go over another highlight today. Let's give them another I mean, highlight. We could probably go a little deeper in there because you know, because let's go back a little bit. Because when we talk yeah. about that package, right? A lot of times, you know, it's not inherent for the business owner to know how to beef up that package, right? How to make yeah. that package better. And here's what they told you: put A, B, and C together. You did that. You put A, B, and C right. together. But unless you have an advisor or a technical assistance person or a Taliba that connects to you that says, yeah, you put A, B, and C together, but you haven't finished telling the story. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. haven't, you know, where is the supporting document for B? You know, yeah. because when you go to those lenders and what they're looking for and what they need, you know, you don't want to keep getting the no. So what are we going to exactly. do differently, right? Yeah. And what we also know is that most business owners, that's not what you do. 
Exactly. And we understand that. And so how do we begin to augment that information and that learning? It does connect to a little bit of the, the next um, policy recommendation that I would share. And is that we are encouraging the SBA to continue looking at changing the lending criteria. Mm. You know, I'll mm. say from my own personal experience, um, both in, in D.C. and, and in um, Birmingham, you know, the government will provide various CDFIs with some funding and the CDFI still can't make riskier loans. Well, that's what I'm giving you the money for. And if we're using right. the same lending criteria that you yeah. used when you didn't have my money, right? Like, <laughs> then we're not, we're not achieving the goal. Right, um, right, right. We found and we know that, that the statistics say women and black women produce and are successful. And yet it's not reflected in, in the loans that they get mm. or, or the access to capital that they're continually denied, right? And so yeah. how does the two make sense? And so we've got to look at the lending criteria um, yes. because it's systemically. Yeah. It's, it's, well, and then the, the lending criteria, and can we add to add to the policy? Like, why is it top secret? Why is it top secret? Like, I just need to know what do I need to like? I want to go into Crack the code. I do too. So I'm hoping we can. <laughs> That's the work, right? Like I want to ask the next question, and then the next question, the next one, and then there's some questions we don't know to ask, which is again why sure. we gotta have sure. you know the, the folks that are on the ground, and even the CDFIs at the table and the banks at the table. Like, come on, tell us what we don't know, so that we ask the right <laughs> questions. Because then yeah. they'll say, "Well, it's government regulation." Well, then let then that's where I come in, right? Exactly. If that is where it. we need to make a policy recommendation, yeah, because I need to advise the government, like, hey, I know. We want to be safe and we want to be thoughtful, especially Absolutely. with government-backed programs. And I'm not asking for us to to, to collapse the economy. Right. But I mean, we do want to have some. Obviously, we need to have some thresholds here. We're Absolutely. not saying Absolutely. you can get it at a 300 credit. So that, well, that's not what we're saying. And and because y'all know, I'll tell you to roll your sleeves up in a minute. That's not what we're saying. I think the 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 the, the playing field becomes leveled, or at least right. more that's equitable, it. when we know what they are. And then where, meaning the lending requirement. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And then when we know what they are, are they actually fair? You know, yeah. Bingo. <laughs> we, could, we, could, we could end the podcast. Right. right. <laughs> drop the mic. Let's drop the mic. That, that is the goal. Um, but also representation. So again, in yeah. that round table, um, and, and, and what we want to see is also the representation. If everybody on the lending side and they don't look anything like on the, the business person side, right? right. Then, then sometimes there is a not an alignment or misunderstanding mm -hmm. or lack of cultural or, yeah. or just a basic understanding. Right. Um, so more women, more women yeah. of color. Yeah. Um, as as underwriters, as as loan yeah. officers, uh, and mm -hmm. on the other side, and in VCs, and so yeah. um, part of the report really sort of speaks to those things too. Are there any other highlights that you want to share with us? Uh, because you know what, I can I can pick your brain um, all day on this. I know that what I want to make sure we do is is connect our audience to some of the things you're going to be doing next year. Um, I know that you had mentioned some roundtables yeah. and also you had mentioned the uh, obviously we're going to connect just so you know, whether you're listening audio or you're on YouTube, we are going to place the link 
for the annual report underneath however you're receiving this. Um, and then you can always reach out to, to us or go directly to uh, NWBC's website, which we will provide you also in this episode. But I, I really want y'all to read that annual report. And, and I'm challenging myself, you know, like I'm always challenging through these episodes. I'm challenging myself to keep this this connect here mm -hmm. with NWBC and with that annual report. And you know, for us to really let's chime in and let's let's help NWBC as much as possible and participate in these events. What are some ways that we can be connected with with the initiatives that NWBC is doing? Well, again, thank you for having me today. Um, this has been a joy. I always love talking to you um, because you you really get this and, and you mean this. You live this. You yes, this. indeed. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> in terms of um, staying connected, and thank you, uh, because again, we um, need to hear from the people that we want to support, right? Yes. Um, so follow us online, right? I know this will be a part of what's shared, but www.com. Yes. Uh, uh, nwbc.gov is how you find us. You'll find this year's annual report as well as all the previous annual reports. Uh, we are mandated by, <laughs> we are required. We're required to do that report um, and we're required to share it, right? This is the yes. people's report. Yes. Uh, just like the White House is the people's house. Um, right. Um, so check out the annual report, check out some of our data. Um, we do do a monthly newsletter. Shout out to our communications specialist, Jordan Chapman, yeah. um, who is um, really focused on sharing that information. Connect to us on all of our social media channels. Reach out and share your story. If there's anything you need support on, even if we're not a programmatic office, we are not a programmatic office. Um, but if we can connect you in any way, we are happy to do so. Um, and then attend our first in-person public meeting since the pandemic on February 8th. And then you can attend it in person or you can attend it virtually. Okay. Um, and so we're, uh, you can go on our website right now and register for that. And we also ask for public comments. So feel free to, to start sharing information there and we'll do okay. our best to, to get back to you. Okay. And before we close it up, I know I keep saying that, uh, but I do have another question um, that, that, I, that I want you to share with us. So far, um, in your position as executive director, what's one of your what you feel is like your your biggest win um, when it comes to just today, the individual that we know um, and love? Like, what would you say has been your biggest win as executive director? Connecting to the baddest women in, in the <laughs> land. Um, that's my win, right? Not only the council members that um, have been appointed by the SBA administrator, but connecting to everybody doing this work day in and day out. Because iron sharpens iron, empower women, empower women. That is my biggest win. I think my next biggest win is going to be this next HR 5050, but I cannot That's do right. that without you. And, and, I, and, and one of the things that I say is that even in the policy recommendations or the next HR 5050, if we are doing this by ourselves, mm -hmm. then it doesn't go anywhere. We go far together. Right. And so um, it's other organizations. It's other people in the community. It is podcasts. It is Talibas. Yeah. It's all of these folks yeah. and all of these organizations that um, where there is alignment, right? We all push together. That's right. For the change that we want to see. That's right. Um, That's right. So, so what's the next HR 5050, y'all? Um, <laughs> what is what is the next one? And if you didn't know, I'm, I'm curious because, you know, a lot of folks, 
I, I think that that fact we were, we're kind of ending where we started um, in HR 5050. Like how many of us knew that, you know, that that this was a not so long ago thing that had to happen? And, and how do you feel about that? And and what would you say is the new HR 5050, ladies, um, you know, and fellows, if you want to chime in, uh, you know, what is the next HR 5050 and what is the role that we as women business owners will play in, in connecting in activating that civic duty on mm -hmm. top of the other crowns we wear, but it's one that we have to have to pull out uh, and have to keep at top of mind. Um, and so that is why this episode at the, at the top of 2023 is, is, is where, I want you to be where I want that mindset to be, because, again, it is a awesome time and awesome time to be a business owner, a woman business owner, a woman of color business owner. And we are now connecting you to uh, the NWBC at the federal level. We've taken you to business owners, CDFIs, the whole gambit. And I'm telling you, the Black and Bankable podcast, oh my goodness, is going to be doing some major things. And so I want you to lock it in with us. I want you to view this as many times as you need to. But of course, you know that uh, as you can tell, I am directly connected with NWBC. If you have questions and you need you need to make sure that, hey, I, you guys said something and I wanted to share this, you mm -hmm. can put it in the comments or you can, however you see this face, reach out and let me know. And, and you know, I'm a person of my word when it comes to um, connecting you to the information. I hope that you see that that's what we have done for you today. We have connected you to a federal advisory organization, a council um, that directly provides policy recommendations to the Biden administration, Congress, and the SBA administrator on things that you do every day. And that's run your business. That's being a woman business owner. So thank you again for locking in with us. Uh, share it with your network because this is going to be an amazing, an amazing ride, an amazing year for you. Thank you again, Tanae and the National Women's Business Council for lending Tanae to us today to the Black and Bankable podcast. And we'll see you guys next episode. Thank you.